Mel Yummy Mummy Geriatric Mum? How the f*** did that happen? Hi, I'm Sally Wallace and welcome to my podcast, Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Okay, I know what you're thinking. Why the name? Well, it's a label that I've been slapped with recently, so I've decided to embrace it. But don't worry, it's not all sore nips and stretch marks from here onwards. As a former radio presenter, public speaker, and someone who's a huge advocate of keeping banter alive, each week I'll be sharing life observations with a twist, random questions, subject matters that'll blow your mind, like, do we really eat spiders in our sleep? Am I the only woman who walks around with crystals in her bra? And... Why is it that my husband's clothes and socks are so much more comfortable than my own? All gripping stuff. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. Something has brought you here today, and I think it's because we're on the same vibration station. Thank you so much for having a listen. I really hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome back to Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. I'm Sally Wallace. Oh, I say welcome back. This might be your first time here. If this is your first time here, welcome, welcome, welcome. Let me overly welcome you like you've just walked into a shitty showroom somewhere and I'm going to overpower you with my customer service and scare the shit out of you. (laughs) Quick run. No, you don't have anything to worry about at all. Hey, well, you know, I'm just sorting my stuff out because I've been, I'm not going to lie. I was going to drink a cup of tea whilst I was doing this podcast and then thought, actually, the sound of me slurping an Earl Grey with oat milk going, which is, uh, let me be honest, it's still got the fucking tea bag in it because I do love to drink tea with the tea bag in. I know um, it literally is tea bagging. Um, I just didn't think it would be very appropriate for me to have a cup of tea and um, and gross you out, to be honest with you. So, um, yeah, I don't know why I decided to share that, but fuck it. So this podcast, number seven, I'm a bit awkward saying I'm in an awkward position, so you're just going to have to bear with me. Um, this, pod, this episode is actually the real reason why I started doing this podcast. And that's because it is Adventures of a Geriatric Mum. I am a geriatric mum. I am 43. I'm actually 44 this year. Um, I don't give a shit about age. I'm not one of those women that's like, oh my God, I'm getting old. I've never um, wavered at age, ever, at any point of my life. When I turned 30, when I turned 40, I just thought, fuck it, I'm just glad to be alive. Um, and so it's something that's never bothered me. So that's why when I was, you know, when I'm trying for a family, I was, oh, do you know what? Let's start from the fucking beginning. Okay. Let me start from the very beginning. This is going to get raw. I'm not going to lie. And I might get a bit emotional, but do you know what? That was the whole point of doing this in the first place, because I am somebody who has tried for kids for years and years and years, and I've been judged the shit out of. And I don't give a fuck what people think about me. I genuinely don't. And I actually mean that in a really confident, loving way. (laughs) I don't mean it in an aggressive sense, because I'm just so proud of who I am and what I've been able to achieve. And, And if you are, if you listen to my podcast and you listen to me and you think, shit, I've done that. I've been through that. You didn't, and, and you're still here to tell the tale and you're sharing it and you're helping other people along the way. Then yeah, you should 100% feel an element of pride as well. So I was, um, I was born in 1978 and I'm one of four. This all makes sense, by the way. So just bear with me. It's not like I'm going to start to tell you the fucking Walton story. Okay. <laughs> Can I jump by? Um, I was, oh God, it's not my bloody legs. I was, um, 
Uh, my mum, bless her, adore Sandra. She is going to come on a podcast soon. She says she won't, but she will. Uh, my mum was uh, expected to get married first and then have kids and then have a career. So obviously when she had us, it was like, you know, get a career. Sally, get a career. You can have kids at any point of your life. And I always wanted to be a mum. From you know, I always knew I wanted to have kids. But I also wanted to be successful. Not necessarily a career, but I I enjoy that feeling of success because I understand what comes with success. So... Yeah, I thought, right, okay, so I went to university, did the right th- did the right thing. Now I say this, did the right thing. Was it the right thing? I don't fucking know. At the time, I was doing what I thought was the right thing for my mum and dad and what, of course, was for me. Now, when I say that, there's no blame here. I'm not the sort of person that's going to go, oh, it's because of them and it's because of them. It's all bullshit. I take 100% responsibility for everything that I've done in my life and everything that's happened to me. But at the same time, my mum and dad have done everything that they can can do to make sure that I've had an incredible life and they did what they did at the time with the knowledge that they had. So that's what happened at the time. It was thought that you need to go and get yourself a good career, be successful and you can have kids at any point of your life. Now I went on the pill at 18. At 18 years old I started taking the pill. So I went to university and then after uni I moved out to America, then I got involved into radio and I was I had a few gentleman friends, should we say, but nothing serious at this point. I had a serious boyfriend that when I was about 18, 19, but it kind of filtered out when I was 20. And then after that nothing. Um just obviously some gentleman callers. Um and but I always knew that I wanted to get married first. That's what I, you know, in, in my head, it was I want to get married first because that's the right thing to do. Where the fuck, that's, you know, obviously this is just all kind of generational conditioning and it's sort of socially expected of you from the like the area that we grew up within and the community. Get married first, have kids, and you know you want to do, you know, want to make your parents proud and everything. So. Yeah, I didn't meet anybody at all, really, that was married material, to be fair, in my 20s. And then by the time I met my husband, who's still my husband now, 14 years on, I was 30. And then we got married when I was 36. And do you know what? Just coming up there, I've been on the pill for that long, by the way, at this point. I've been on the pill for 18 years, solidly taking the pill for 18 years. I'd had a break for about a month or two here and there, but then went straight back on it again. And I'll tell you why in a second. But it was only after we got married that I'd come back from the honeymoon and I'd said to Scott, I think we should try for kids. And he was like, are you sure? And I'm, what do you mean am I sure? And it was almost like my career was more important to me than anything. And that is fucking awful to say that. And that's, I could actually make me cry because I was not obsessed, but my career meant everything to me. And I was a radio presenter for 14 years and it meant everything to me. And I sacrificed so much for that career. I moved all around the country um, and put having a family on hold because of that. Because I kept thinking, fuck, if I have a baby, I'm going to lose my job. If I have a baby, I'm going to lose my job. What am I going to do if I have a kid? I can't go on the radio because it will ruin the image that I've got or the, the person that I am. And and you, do you know what? Whether you, Wherever you worked, you're probably thinking, shit, I thought the same. Because you sort of... I was having this golden carrot dangled in front of me, which was like, you're going to get this big gig and you're going to get this big gig and we're going to take you here and we're going to put you there. And holy shit, I thought like it was made. I was going to, you know, success is what I was looking for. Remember, it's not ego. It was success. I just I love that feeling of success. And I was like, fucking hell, this is absolutely amazing. And then that golden carrot was constantly being dangled. And I was like a donkey that was knackered with no fucking water and just getting more and more exhausted. And at what point do I have a baby? And it made me realise there is no right time 
to do it. No right time to do it. So I came off the pill whilst I was still in the radio industry, didn't tell anybody, but was petrified, <laughs> petrified of getting pregnant. Um, and I didn't get pregnant, of course. Um, when you listen to my story, you'll find out more about that, which is why I've had to do it this uh, part one. And then you'll find out that, do you know, what, I'll probably get to part fucking seven, me. Because <laughs> it's such a big story. <laughs> but I got to, um, I got to uh, the point where, I, I just had to do it and I, ca- I came off the pill and then uh, everyone's like, oh, you'll get caught within a couple of months. Oh, I did. Oh, do you know what? It'll be literally it'll happen to you straight away. And so you're thinking, right, OK, uh, how do I actually have a baby? And I know that sounds crazy, but I actually didn't know how to conceive. And that is fucking madness, isn't it? When you think about it, I genuinely didn't know when I ovulated. I, I I didn't know when I was fertile. I didn't know what day of my cycle to, 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 to have sex, to be able to conceive. I didn't have a clue because on reflection at school, you're taught not how to have a family, but then nobody teaches you how to have a family. And so for me, it was like, what do I do now? 18 years of being on the pill, trying desperately not to get pregnant. So my mindset, my body is telling itself, do not conceive, do not conceive, because that's what my body is telling itself not to do, because I'm that fucking scared, because I don't want to lose this job. How do I then tell my body it's okay? But also, how do I I even fucking do it? (laughs) And I'm laughing because... That's madness because it's a natural process, isn't it? It really is. It's actually, it's okay. Women, we have children. That's all right. But we, do you know what? We don't know and I didn't. And the more women I speak to about it, they didn't have a clue either. And it's only because I've started to now talk about things that I realise there are so many women that don't talk about this. And so many women that have had struggles or didn't know but then we're afraid to talk about it. And that's because we're not being told. In fairness, we were expected to wear makeup. As women, we're expected to. You don't have to. We're expected to wear makeup. Does anybody teach you how to put the fucking stuff on? No. <laughs> it's only because of YouTube bloggers now and social media that we've actually got a clue. I watched like a 12-year-old girl on YouTube show me how to get that like hooded wink look. <laughs> she's far better than me bless her but seriously I didn't have a clue what I was doing with makeup I I still don't quite frankly and it's only because of those mediums that we're kind of more aware of it now but still nobody is helping us understand how our bodies work and and how we can conceive naturally so yeah this is a big hurdle for me so when I came off the pill I thought I actually don't even know what I'm doing and then the months started to go by and I was regular straight away, regular cycle straight away. That was not a problem, but wasn't conceiving, wasn't conceiving. And I thought, right, what do I, who do I speak to about this? So I said to my mum, bless her, I don't know what I'm doing. Oh, just relax. Don't be stupid. You just relax. Bless Sandra. You've got a lover. But it's, it, it's that wasn't going to help. And so I, so I thought, right, I'm going to go to the doctors. A year has gone by. I was 37 I thought, right, I need to go and get some help. So I went into the doctor's surgery and I remember sitting there with the doctor and I said to him, yeah, my husband and I are trying for kids um, and nothing's happening for us. I just wondered if you can give us a bit of help or is there somebody that you can refer me to? And you know what he did? He pointed to my crutch, no shit. And he went, yeah, I don't deal with that area. (laughs) (laughs) I beg your pardon, what? (laughs) 
you don't deal with that area. Um, and I, do you know what? I was gobsmacked. I genuinely, I went, okay, so who does? Anyway, yeah, I'll put you in touch with somebody else. So then you have, I mean, you know what it's like trying to get a bloody appointment at the doctors in the UK. You've got to phone at eight o'clock in the morning. You can be on hold for ages. And then by the time you actually get through, it's like, I'm afraid that only appointments have gone for today. Everyone, every, I don't care where you live, your receptionist at your local GP is like Roz from Monsters, Inc. Ah, Wazowski. You know, for a fact. <laughs> She doesn't give a shit. She doesn't want to speak to you. You've pissed her off and you've not even introduced yourself yet. So, yeah, it's like, holy mothership. It was just a nightmare trying to get appointments. But finally got in to see another doctor and it was a lady and ended up saying to her, I'm trying to trying for kids with my husband. How long have you been together? You get asked all these questions. Yes. Are you having regular sex? Well, yeah. Um, and are you ovulating regularly? Well, I, I don't know. I genuinely I don't I don't know. I'm having a period. Am I ov- does that mean I'm ovulating? Not necessarily. Oh, fucking hell, what's going on here then? Well, nobody told me this either. So this was just like all new to me, all new to me. So then you start to go down the process of getting poked and prodded. And oh, my Lord, this is where you just, you know what? You just can't be shy. You can't be shy, ladies. But at the same time, people were getting pregnant around me and that's going to happen. That was fine. But at at this point, I was a bit like, what the fuck is that happening? That's not fair. Uh, My sister, bless her, adore her to pieces, but she can pop kids out like you wouldn't believe. And she's got polycystic ovaries as well. So her cycles aren't even regular. Um, She doesn't even remember conceiving one of her own children. (laughs) She has no idea how she got pregnant. (laughs) And I laugh about it because... I have to use humour for myself, for my own sanity, because do you know what? It's it's made it, uh, I'll be honest with you, it's it's made it not easier, but it's actually, everybody knows that laughter makes you feel good and it's a shit situation. But do you know what? When you can smile about it, because deep down inside, you know you're not going to give up. You know you're not going to give up. So yeah, it's okay to, for me, it's all right to, to laugh about it and use laughter as a form of tonic um, because it helps massively. So, yeah, so we got to the point then where it was like, well, you know, let's, let's do some tests. Okay. So obviously Scott had to have a sperm test, which I'm not going to lie. I love my husband, but trying to get a man to do a sperm test uh, is a fucking joke. Quite frankly, it was a battle. It was ridiculous. And I love him dearly. I really do. Don't get me wrong. You might have a gentleman who's just happy to just walk himself off into another room and go for it. But I'm not, what, I'm not in there. Oh, yeah, I'm supposed to get it in there. And quite frankly, they don't really provide the most amazing little pots, do they? And then, oh, if you've been through this, you'll totally relate to it. You've then got to get the sample to the hospital as quickly as possible, put it under your armpit, they tell you, or in a pocket of a coat. So he refused to drop it off. So (laughs) there I am (laughs) with a sperm sample under my armpit driving driving to the hospital. And as I'm walking in, I'm trying to, you know, when you're thinking, God, I need to hurry up with this. I need to get it there within a certain amount of time. Then somebody stops you and asks you for directions. Like, excuse me, do you know where the x-ray ward is? Oh, um, and I'm thinking, please don't speak to me. I've got some jizz under my pit. <laughs> I need to go. <laughs> Obviously, I didn't say that. But that's like, you know, that's what you're thinking in your head. And it's like, oh, my God, please don't talk to me. Um 
Anyway, so yeah, he he had to do a sample and then I got sort of carted off for being poked and prodded. So it was along the lines of you have to go for a smear test and then they do blood tests on you. So um, yes, I was ovulating, that was happening. And then I went for blood tests and then the blood tests came back that I had low AMH. What's that? I, I don't know what low AMH is. I'd never I'd never been familiar with AMH in my entire life. So what's that? What What is AMH? And right now you're probably thinking, what the fuck's AMH? If you have gone through fertility treatment, you'll know exactly what I'm on about. I'm 37 years old and my egg reserve is low, really low. That's what the AMH is. I think it's like anti-malaria, uh, anti-malarian hormone it is. And it's basically the uh, the hormone that tells you where your eggs are at. Now, I did know that you've only got so many eggs in your body as a woman from like birth that they'll continue through your life. But my mum didn't go through um, the menopause until her 50s. My gran, actually, my mum's mum, when she went through the menopause, actually phoned my mum in her 50s and told my mum that she was pregnant. She went, oh, Sandra, I'm pregnant. I'm having a baby. My mum had to explain to my grandmother that she was going through the menopause and that her periods had stopped because she didn't even realise that was going to happen to her. So even in this day and age, we're still alien to so much of what actually goes on with the female body. We really are. So I had no idea what was going on with my eggs. And I was like, well, I'm 37. How the hell can I have low eggs? I don't understand. But this is not rare. This is not rare at all, ladies. And it's happening to girls in their 30s, early 30s. And I most recently heard of a lady in her 20s as well with low AMH. If somebody had told me about AMH in my 20s, I would have, oh, do you know what, would I have done something about it? I don't fucking know. I don't know. But I just wish I'd been made more aware of these things. Um, and on top of that, there was the pill. Do I actually go into the subject about the pill? Yeah, let's do it now. The pill. I was on the pill for 18 years. And and you're told by your GP, oh, it will not affect your body. No, it won't. It'll just, once you finish taking the pill, that's it. You can get pregnant straight away. Um, and yeah, you'll be fine. It, it's it's not a problem at all. I, I think that's bullshit. I'm calling bullshit on that one. Because I don't think we've not done enough research on the pill. On long-term people, like people have taken the pill over a long period of time. I, I, I don't think we've done enough research into it. I think... And I, I this, listen, I'm not a fucking scientist. I'm just a woman who took it for a really long time. I'm pretty certain that the pill has massively affected my body in some way, shape or form. And the more women I talk to about it, they are completely in, a, 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 like they completely agree with where I'm coming from because they've got their own experiences as well. But I, you can't tell me that taking and sort of stopping ovulation for 18 years um, and taking that hormone that I was taking has not had a like a permanent effect on me or affected my body in some way, shape or form. I don't know. I just don't think there's enough research into the pill. I really don't. And we're the generation now. Why is infertility so rife? I was it the other day I was reading. Don't quote me on this. Like one in three couples will suffer um, with uh, with fertility problems. Uh, at some point of trying for children and this is true it's everywhere it's everywhere but women don't want to talk about it because we and we we do feel embarrassed of course we feel fucking embarrassed it's like you know the one thing that you feel like wow I can actually do this I can grow a, a whole human in my stomach and then you know I can't wait to be a mummy and you can't do it 
it's it's oh god i'm thinking i'm gonna go no i'm okay i'm all right i'm getting my shit together but it is it is the hardest thing ever so yeah i listen do you know what if you are thinking the same with me about the pill send me a message because it's the one thing that i just i just don't think there's enough research done on long-term effects of taking the pill i really don't and if you think the same please message me because I absolutely love to hear your stories, your thoughts and where you're at as well. Because I just think that we need to, we just need to help other women along the way. 100%. Anyway, where was I? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) I get myself all carried away. Do you know why? Because it's something I'm really passionate about. I'm like massively passionate about this subject, hugely. So yeah, I'd got to the point where I'd found out that I had low AMH. I had no idea what AMH was. I wasn't offered Clomid or anything like that um, to kickstart anything. I, I was just told that I had low AMH. I had a very small percentage, um, like, uh, like a small chance of having a baby. That's what I was told. Um, then I was invited to go to, or oh, invited, I was told I had to go for, I don't even know what the word for this is. Hang on, I'm going to Google it on my phone. What's it called? Ah, here you go. Right, I found it. It's called a a hysteroscopy. I I think that's what it was. A hysteroscopy. Now, this is brutal. And you rely on... I I went to the x-ray theatre, stripped off, and um, they send a camera up into you so they're going on your foof ladies so you go up into your lady garden and then they send it's like a a catheter into your fallopian tubes that's it it's a catheter not a camera into your fallopian tubes and then they release dye all the way back down and then they're obviously on an x-ray table and then they're trying to see if there's a blockage in your fallopian tube i've had this done then they put a small balloon into your womb and they blow it up um to see i do you know what i have no idea whether it's the elasticity of the womb or the lining of the womb or whatever they're trying to look for they shoved a balloon in me and sort of pumped it up that is the most horrendous pain i have ever been through in my life and i and i had an emergency c-section and an infection in my womb but that was my, do you know what i'd go through that c-section all again day tomorrow i do not want another fucking hysterocopy whatever the bloody thing was that was brutal honestly that was brutal and i've known women that have passed out having it i remember lying there and um, obviously it's very glamorous you've got your knees up you've got like three doctors looking at your fudge and then um she's blown this balloon up and i've got tears and i think i'm pretty tough you know um i've got tears coming i was a girl guide i am tough i've got the tears literally going down the sides of my face and she's going would you like me to stop sally i was like no just get it done just get it done just get it done and then she's trying to be nice to me she's going you've got lovely toenail varnish i was like i don't give a shit about that just hurry up (laughs) it was so bad it was so bad it was so bad but after i'd finished that i mean i'm going to be graphic but i feel like we can talk like this i had a huge bleed afterwards and then i had to drive myself home i fucking drove myself home but I felt like I'd been violated. It was so brutal. Gratefully, you know, thankfully it was, there was nothing wrong with me, but even that whole process in itself, I, do you know, I believe my friend Shelley, she won't mind me mentioning this. I think there's actually 
um, like a, a, a signatory, like petition, is it that's going around at the moment to say that they want pe- women to go through like a local anaesthetic or at least a general anaesthetic when they're going for that because so many women have passed out whilst going through it. It is pretty brutal. It's brutal. But yeah, anyway, so I had to go for one of those. Um, everything was clear. And then, um, it was a case of, okay, so what do we do next? And it was a case of, well, we'll, we'll get in touch with you. Now, if you at the moment are going through some sort of fertility treatment or you are um, waiting on appointments, don't wait. Don't wait. Get on the fucking phone and hound the shit out of them. Because if I'd waited and waited and waited, I would never be where I am here now. And Roman's been three this week and he's amazing. He's absolutely amazing. But you have to be really proactive in this and you have got to get on the telephone. And I've got friends that phone me pretty much every week. I've got a friend, even new women that since I've started doing this podcast that have reached, (laughs) you know what I feel like about the word reach out, but they have reached out to me and said to me, um, Right, well, you know, what would you do now? And listen, I, I'm not an expert at this. I'm just a woman who's gone through IVF um, and all sorts of fertility shit to get where I am today. And the one thing I say to everybody is don't wait for your appointment. Get on that telephone because you do not want your name to go to the bottom of a pile or to end up in an inbox or an outbox somewhere. Be that person that goes, yeah, I've not heard from anybody. And I know they'll probably get pissed off. But at the same time, what's more important to you? Pissing people off or having the baby? You want to have a baby. So you're just going to have to piss people off. And that's all I kept thinking to myself is I was really polite on the telephone. I was never rude to anybody. I I don't seem to have heard from anybody for six weeks. Could you please just check your name again? And I hounded and hounded and hounded to make sure that I got my appointments. And that's the one thing that uh, it's the one bit of advice that I would give to anybody. Just get on that telephone and get those telephone calls going. Do you know what? Bloody hell, I've nearly done nearly half an hour of this. (laughs) And I'm nowhere near what I want to tell you yet. I did say, do you know what? I did say I'm going to have to do this in a number of parts, like part one, part two, because it's so interesting that when you start telling people, yeah, I'm I'm struggling to conceive or, you know, I've had this problem with X, Y, Z. Yeah, it's interesting to see how other people's reactions are, but it's so important to keep talking about it because that is when you find your tribe. And that is when you just think, oh, thank fuck. And it's so, so good. It's so good to surround yourself with like-minded people it's the law of association. The people you hang around with the most, you pick up on great energy, you know, you, you, you actually become each other. So always choose your friends really wisely. It's just a little bit of, of advice there. But no, it's it's so true. It's so true that, you know, the, the more you do talk about it, that's when you start to connect with people who have got their own stories, who have got incredible journeys. And that's where you kind of, you, you create a little bit of a community. I don't know if I like the word community. <laughs> It just, I don't know why. <laughs> Community for me is on the same sort of line as um, discharge. It's a, it's a really strange word. I don't know why. <laughs> right, on that note, I'm going to have to finish here for today because honestly, I could literally go on and on and on. So part two, I will do again very soon. And I'll pick up where I left off. But um, for now, I just want you to have a really good week. I've had a cracking week this week. Roman is three. We have, um, he doesn't really know it's his birthday. He's actually got a cold at the moment today, bless him. But we bought him an electric car and he loves it. He absolutely loves it. So yeah, so he's been up and down the um, 
the drive here at the moment on his electric car and he's a, he just looks like such a little dude it's great fun thank you so much for listening to my podcast if i've hit a note with you today and it's something that you've resonated with please message me i'd absolutely love you to message me you can find me on facebook it's sally wallace at adventures of a geriatric mum instagram adventures of a geriatric mum or if you think you have a friend or there's somebody that you know that would benefit from listening to this podcast then please share it that's exactly what i'm here for i'm I do believe in sharing things around. Um, there's a lot of people that are going through fertility at the moment that all have been going through issues that don't talk to anybody. And sometimes all you need is to hear that someone else has been through exactly the same as what you're going through. And it just makes your journey all the more bearable. So yeah, share away. Please do, because that's exactly what I'm here to do. I wanted to create a, a community. <laughs> of like-minded MILFs uh, who are that little bit more do you know what you're a geriatric one when you pass 30 nowadays so it doesn't mean that you're an old fucker it just means that you've just got a little bit about you and quite frankly you've seasoned a little better <laughs> do you know what and it sounds crazy but I look so much better now in my 40s than what I did in my 20s Ugh, I was so rough in my 20s and I didn't shave properly quite frankly and that's another podcast in itself right have a great week take care and I will see you very soon Thank you so much for taking a listen to my podcast. Find me on Instagram and Facebook at Adventures of a Geriatric Mum, where there's a link to the podcast that you can share with all your friends. After all, sharing is caring, and you and I are best friends now.